Welcome to The Edge and Beyond, a podcast by Intel, where we're making sense of use cases across industries such as retail, banking, hospitality, and education. You're going to hear tech considerations, best practices, how-tos, and recommendations. It's all here on To The Edge and Beyond. Hello, and welcome to The Edge and Beyond the series that makes sense of use cases across industries, brought to you by the Intel Internet of Things Group. In this episode, we are going to explore the current QSR landscape and problems it's facing related to kitchen optimization and options and solutions to overcome these issues with technology, AI, and the innovation enabled by Intel's Internet of Things Group. I'm your host, James Kent, and I'm joined by Farhan Moradin, Product Strategy and IoT Spokesperson at Intel, Kristen Call, IoT Sales Specialist at Intel, and Hawk Federson, Director of Global Operations, Pressy Taste. Farhan, Kristen, Hawk, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, James. Great to be here. Thank you. Let's begin with the situation. What's going on in the current quick service landscape today? So, James, uh, we are actually living in very challenging times, right? And restaurants were one of the biggest verticals that got hit by the pandemic. So they've been pretty much trying to do everything possible to stay open through, you know, bringing in mechanisms like delivery or integrating with, uh, you know, delivery companies like Deliveroo, Just Eat and Uber Eats, you know, and that's how they've, they've tried to keep above. But at the same time, you know, uh, for customers and even staff, they also had to, you know, focus a lot on safety, safety measures like when the customers come in, is there, you know, enough space to social distance? Uh, and even though, you know, you know, there are so many different stimulus packages from governments, I mean, this pandemic is is, is going to affect pretty much the entire QSR space. And at the same time, I think there'll be some restaurants that will not survive this pandemic. Sure. Absolutely right. One sector out of the entire uh, industry of restaurants, the uh, fast food sector, the quick service uh, restaurants, they face another challenge as well. It's a positive challenge. Since indoor dining is closed everywhere, those that have a drive through and have delivery the business flourishes, especially here in the US. That means 10 to 30% more kitchen tasks, and they're all being handed out through the drive-through window. This puts a lot of strain on processes, on the crew and the supply chain. Yeah, I mean, because that's a new problem, right? The drive-through was thought with probably a certain average of amount of vehicles going through that drive-through. And it wasn't factoring in something like the pandemic where now people aren't entering the facility and making orders there. So that puts a tremendous strain. Uh, How has COVID-19 played a role in the need for the QSRs to innovate and automate? Uh, What solutions is Intel partnering on to solve these challenges? So uh, as uh, Hawker was mentioning there, he mentioned about drive-throughs that being one of the biggest uh, you know revenue creators for qsrs but you know very few of the qsrs had actually optimized for digital journeys because even drive throughs had to be closed for some time uh, before they were you know prepared to provide all of the food through uh, uh, drive through lanes so those who had already started their digital journey 
were able to cope much better. So our partners, including Tracy Taste, has been in the forefront of these innovations. So we had uh, solutions, including self-service kiosks that were being converted into touchless kiosks. We had temperature scans, uh, managing the number of people in the restaurants for social distancing. And then uh, most importantly, in the kitchen operations, you know, the staff had to adhere to some of the COVID guidelines. And this is where, you know, optimizing kitchen operations was really, really crucial. And I will let uh, Hawker jump in and uh, talk about their great story around, you know, solving this problem. I think Sajjan Adela said it uh, perfectly. Uh, he said the entire industry saw two years of digitalization in two months at the beginning of, of the corona crisis. Now we're wow. 10 months into the corona crisis. And um, I think we haven't achieved full 10 years of digitalization, but we've achieved a lot. Pressy Taste is uh, in the business of uh, optimizing restaurant processes, especially chain restaurant, fast food chains, QSR chain processes. We use artificial intelligence to manage the operations in the kitchen. We deploy vision AI sensors throughout the restaurant and the kitchen to count and assess the current inventory, how many nuggets are available, how many burger patties, how many fries. We use cameras to sense the demand for the next five minutes by counting cars in the drive-through and the customers in the dining room. And then we feed both of these values into a reinforcement learning algorithm that displays the perfect production plan for this very minute to the crew. The results for our customers are no more out of stocks, improved freshness, and close to no food waste. And this was especially important to the restaurants that already deployed it when suddenly, due to COVID, the demand changed entirely and all their previous models of optimizing the business were off. Yeah, okay, that is a great point. And um, I wanted to add on just a little bit to that. So I think it's really exciting about what's happening and, and that digital transformation that you're talking about. 10 years is a lot to, to consume in one year. But I agree. I think that that's one of the, the main um, focuses. I think that it's always been on the, the roadmap for QSR, but definitely has sped up. We're seeing a lot more smart drive-throughs, uh, enhanced um, uh, need to make that kitchen more efficient for their associates and also making sure it's a healthier environment. But I think it's very exciting as far as the innovation and what the QSR is doing in those spaces. Beyond maybe the obvious benefits restaurants can achieve through enabling automated kitchen operations, what other insights can you lend to the upside of digital transformation and AI on both the operation side of the counter and the customer side? The primary reasons for digital management solution like ours has always been supply and demand. It has been to have fresh inventory ready at all times to improve the speed of service. Keep the wheels rolling is the motto in the uh, industry for the drive-through. If a customer is waiting for fries, others might not queue in the lane behind her because uh, it will take too long and that's causing a loss of revenue. But the technology brings so much more. By tracking all items with Vision AI, we have effective freshness tracking, resulting in better quality. We have more intelligent batching that reduces the workload so the same team can generate more output in the same time. But 
one essential piece and that is um, a part of our mission as well as most dear to my heart and that's the reduction of food waste it is said that the greenhouse gas impact of a single burger patty is equivalent to a car ride of over 100 miles and we need to curb food waste as a society wow i think also uh we're seeing qsr getting creative and not stopping uh innovation um, it's been a, a great year for innovation and taking some of their operations that were very manual and moving them over to more digitalization because they're seeing that result. So I th- they're obviously seeing more drive-through, less in-store. So that's going to change how that customer is going to interact with their store. So I bet, you know, I don't have exact numbers, but some of the ordering, you know, online versus in-store pickup versus drive-through. The other point is ordering uh, systems like Uber Eats and things like that. All of those guys need to have a specific lane and set in those because they're going to be in and out. There's a lot more of them. And so QSRs are taking that in consideration. Uh, They don't want to have orders mixed up with other regular customers. Uh, Also ghost kitchens, you know, having that uh, kind of an opportunity that is exploding because there doesn't necessarily need to be a a sit down experience, but they want to be where the customer is. And the, the, these technologies, these digital transformation has allowed that to become more of uh, an opportunity for the continuous growth. Uh, you know, I think those are the, the things that we're seeing a, a lot in the QSR space. I really like those examples uh, that Christian just talked about. And I, I'd like to talk to you about one of the experiences I had during COVID. And this was like uh, when all of us were really craving for that burger, right? And our <laughs> local <laughs> restaurants been closed. And as soon as it's opened, right, what we saw was there were queues in drive-throughs of these QSRs that went well outside, you know, the burger chain. It was extending to miles. It was unbelievable. And I want to pick up on what, what Hawker mentioned around, you know, having the wheels move as quickly as possible. At that point, it was okay for us to sit in our vehicles for, let's say, even 30 minutes to get our burger because we really were craving for it. But the general statistic is between, if it's anything more than three and four minutes, it's not a pleasant experience. So so I think the innovation is, you know, getting that information from the kitchen to know, you know, what kind of volumes of cars are coming through and either increasing or decreasing the the the, uh, the quantities that you're preparing so that you, you you know you can serve them as quickly as possible so the digital transformation is pretty much enabling us to do things better and do better things you know all of this is making me think we've been talking a lot about QSRs and there are also a lot of restaurant franchises that are not known for being a QSR uh, that have been greatly impacted by the pandemic. Are they starting to adapt some of these technologies in order to innovate themselves and also try to stay afloat? Because, you know, what we've learned now is the pandemic is stretched a lot further than we ever thought. And it's going to be a while before the regular restaurant business can, uh, you know, get to where people can sit down. So, you know, they need to survive. Uh, What are they doing? Are they using these technologies as well? 
Actually, James, I think it depends, right? I mean, for QSR, you know, drive-through, especially when they have the space, the the the, the way in which to serve their customers, you know, drive-through makes a lot of sense. But for others, you know, they're mainly in city centers and so on and so forth, they rely on, you know, customers walking in. And, and although they were not prepared during the pandemic, they've all shifted to, you know, click and collect or, you know, delivery. Using those aspects of, you know, um, more digital journeys, they've started to innovate, not just innovate in terms of, you know, prepared food, but also offer other other products like your, I mean, my local restaurant, uh, which I love to go to, there's a Thai restaurant here, they started even providing flour and milk as uh, as part of you know uh, as part of the things they were selling so it was not only about the innovation it was also about looking at different ways in which you know they can stay afloat in terms of innovation absolutely you know you 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 still need to be you know covid safe so uh, all of those temperature screens all of those uh, social distancing aspects and also ensuring that in the kitchen that their staff maintain those covid safe uh, you know procedures all require basically technology and innovation to to ensure that nothing that is not supposed to be done is you know is is clearly you know being adhered to yeah, I want to jump on that great point on uh, some of the creativity. Again, I think all bets are off with, you know, there's no dumb idea in the room now. And uh, it's allowing these creative ideas to really come forth. And, you know, companies that we're seeing that are doing that digital transformation, think about some of the, the ways that they could have been doing it, you know, uh, you know, customer calls in and uh, it, it gets actually sent to the store by fax. I mean, that just seems like a crazy idea, right? And so moving to that digital transformation so the customer can order anywhere, right? Uh, if, you know, people are still on the go, people are still out and about doing things, but they want to be able to pick up their food, get it safely. And those sit down restaurants, I think, have done a great job on moving to that digital transformation as well. And they've, uh, you know, have also had to rethink about what a customer can order. Sometimes things just don't transport well. Uh, we're also seeing new companies coming into using those established uh, kitchens as their ghost kitchen. So I think people are getting really creative. What a crazy time it is, but people are are really stepping up to dealing with what we're, we're, what's in, in front of us. Excellent point, Kristen. I think that uh, an important uh, digitalization shift, of course, the most important has been delivery. But then logically following, it's not the delivery driver that's your customer. It's not about giving him the food and being happy. It's making sure that the end customer receives a great, possibly restaurant-like experience. And that meant uh, change of menu ideas, changes to how menu ideas are presented, um, because the entire industry before that has been heavily relying on uh, alcohol sales, wine sales, liquor sales in the restaurant. And suddenly that was all gone in one instant. And it was just about the food. Hawk, I want to go back to something that you touched on very briefly uh, a couple of questions ago, and that was waste reduction. How, how can these automated solutions work to reduce waste? W what are the key technical considerations for implementing automation solutions in QSRs? 
the higher value items have always been managed efficiently to the point that some of them were cooked to order. But lower value items in the restaurant kitchen, fries, nuggets, small beef patties, they were usually kept and held warm in quite significant quantities to ensure that they're always available. And that resulted in an industry average of two to five percent of the food not making it to the table, even though it's been processed, it's been uh, shipped all the way to the restaurant, and then it get w- gets wasted at that spot just because somebody in the kitchen who's responsible for cooking had to decide how many patties, how many fries, how many nuggets to make, and base that decision on insufficient data. They just didn't know exactly, and they still don't know in um, the most of the locations, how much will really be needed within the next five minutes. If they cook too little, the wheels in the drive sewer will stop. If they cook too much, they will either serve bad quality or they will um, have food waste at the end of the day. So getting this production planning perfected takes off the food waste edge and makes sure that customers get fresher food without much being wasted. We can eliminate food waste to nearly zero with technology at the edge. Great point, Hauke. Uh, You know, innovation, AI should be um, providing the insights that humans either don't have access to, or they're just not seeing it. That's the whole point of AI, right? Um, and, uh, you know, you think of the CEO walking into his desk, and every day he gets a plethora of data helping him make decisions every single day. And those types of insights can now be local for the associate walking in and saying, well, what? how do I make a better customer experience? How do I make sure that I'm providing good uh, business sense and not throwing away my inventory? Imagine, you know, other industries, a grocery store throwing away a can of food just because it didn't sell that day. Crazy, right? <laughs> now, that's what QSRs have to deal with every day when they don't make the right decision. So, I think that's an excellent point. Thanks, Hauke. Uh, and to add to what Kristen said, you know, it's about preparing the right quantity. And it's also, I think, in addition to that, it's also understanding your inventory and what items are about to expire as well. And now we have so many technological ways to identify what's about to expire. Therefore, maybe offer them out as part of an offer or an incentive. And also, maybe change your menu boards to reflect those additional products that you have that you want to, you know, get rid of before it uh, before it becomes stale. So that's another way of looking at, you know, wasted, uh, reducing wastage as well. You know, we spoke a lot about efficiencies here uh, from waste management to keeping things moving, using the right amount of inventory, and also the innovations can help QSRs that are struggling with staffing issues due to the pandemic. Uh, But looking forward, what other efficiencies do you feel these solutions are creating? Can they help, right, with the all-important bottom line of a restaurant's operations? Where else do you see innovations going to help with QSR's bottom lines? For the franchisee restaurants, the bottom line is the most essential part. They have to uh, invest only what will repay for itself uh, in a very short time, which uh, only in items that have a great ROI. And this is where I'm just 
so excited about all the technology that is out there. Just to name two, OpenVINO has allowed us the usage of OpenVINO for our Vision AI platform to build algorithms that run on devices that are four times smaller and four times cheaper because we had efficiency improvements of uh, factor four. That means uh, four times more uh, the frames count that we can do on the same device. And that makes it way, way easier and cheaper for restaurant owner to rely on artificial intelligence to manage processes and to manage inventory. Another aspect is um, the ability to utilize edge devices of different sizes. If we just have one video stream, then it's a tiny device a nook or even smaller that uh, can be mounted anywhere in the restaurant. As soon as more video streams are being added, then the same algorithms are used to deploy this technology to more video st uh, streams. So we have a small server that runs 12, 15 video streams thanks to technologies like OpenVINO. You know, I think naturally when the, the, the business is doing what's right for the business, that should always translate to what's right for the customer, right? The customer experience uh, and allowing new use cases to, to have uh, actually opportunities. Like, you know, I want to give that customer that always walks in, I want to be able to know who that customer is and allow them a more of a country club experience. Uh, the, you know, if I know that they're always ordering a Big Mac and fry, then hey, why should I uh, offer uh, something uh, more, you know, I offer that so that they can um, get it, but then I can also do upsells as well. But I, I want to not disappoint that customer. I want to make sure that they're getting what they, they want when they walk in. So those are things that these new technology can provide. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, freshness, speed of order, all of those things should translate into a good customer experience. Yeah, I agree because you know, we're sort of in the big experiment right now uh, with this pandemic. And what I see happening is, uh, you know, well, let's use us, for example. We're going to have various uh, experiences with QSRs throughout this pandemic. And the positive experiences are what we're going to take away and what's going to lead us when the pandemic winds down, where are we going to want to go in the future? And I think that it's the positive experiences that we have now that are going to really lead our decisions down the road. Absolutely right. Yes, couldn't agree more, especially to what uh, Kristen just mentioned, personalization through technology and then verification of customer satisfaction through freshness tracking and order accuracy tracking because you're just not going to order again if uh, your order is messed up every time. Um, it needs to be right. It needs to be fresh. It needs to be good. And that's the restaurant that you'll go to when the pandemic is finally over and one where you can go out again and enjoy life to the fullest again. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> my personal experience, I don't eat out much. And so when I do, it needs to be right. And I, I won't know, I won't say who it was, but I recently uh, went to a QSR and I, I love breakfast. So I ordered breakfast and I had to wait, I think, 20 minutes for my food and it was still wrong. So, <laughs> you know, and, you know, I, it's going to probably be another six months until I, I go back and maybe even longer or not go back to that same restaurant. So there's, there's opportunities 
opportunities. And, you know, I think of technology as an enhancement to the quality of life for that associate. Uh, and then that translates also to, uh, again, that customer experience. So let's, let's make technology work for us and, and make our lives better. Yeah, I agree. Now, Kristen, you touched on AI a couple questions ago that it's really the back end of IoT and the data is so important. How are QSRs utilizing this data to improve the overall experience and future operational efficiencies through automation? I know you just you touched on it a little bit, but I was hoping you could expand on that. And then also from Intel's end, how is this data being utilized to make what you do better? You know, the way that Intel plays is just really bringing the, the right ingredients, right? So uh, Intel brings... Uh, uh, Helka uh, mentioned it, Open Vino, uh, and there's but there's quite a few tech stacks here. So we're, what we're seeing in the QSR space is really looking from the bottom up. So what does my platforms look like? How am I bringing the data together so that I can make these decisions? Uh, because you you know sensors all over the store, uh, you've got data, you've got sales, you've got cameras, you've got all kinds of things that are happening. So that data platform is going to be really important. And what Intel is doing is a few things. Intel provides obviously the hardware uh, and that compute, but Intel also provides open source technologies, whether it be through OpenVINO or uh, there's open source um, frameworks out there like EdgeX. EdgeX is an IoT framework where companies like Presti Taste can take that and put it into their stack so that's easier to grab that data at the edge. Also, uh, to, by bringing standards, things like that. So we're working inside the industry um, to do a lot of that kind of thing. And we support our, our partners through, you know, with developer access um, and we also have a lot of programs to help our ISVs to get access to test out their solutions to make sure they have the right hardware, the right accelerators, uh, and do a lot of matchmaking in our in our ecosystem to help our partners make sure that we, they have successful solutions. Uh, and if I could add to what Kristen uh, just said, she was talking about different data sources there. So uh, the restaurant becomes even more intelligent from getting this information from various data sources. But if you look at them individually, you know, you just get only one view of uh, the transaction or the view of the customer's experience or something like that, right? But if you then aggregate all of these data or, or bring them together, you get a 365-degree view of everything that took place. So you know by using the data, did that offer that you put out did that actually generate more business? Or did the experience of a, a drive-in or drive-through taking over five minutes, did that create a bad experience for a customer? And did you start to see a dip in terms of the number of drive-throughs that was taking place? The access that we have or we, we provide the you know mechanisms for customers to actually get that data is, is really, really critical. But, but I also want to stress, uh, I think your other question was, what does Intel do with that data? Actually, we do nothing with the data. We just provide you know, the technology stack that is required for them to go create the information that they need uh, and, and make it possible to you know, get those insights as quickly as they need when they need it. 
Yeah, our, our partners like Presti Taste are the ones that grab that data. And, and Helka, you can add on to this, but you know they're they're the ones that are really bringing the secret sauce to making the in, the data mean something. We're just providing the engines to do that. To add some understanding to this, uh, QSR restaurants have seen a lot of digitalization lately: kiosks, delivery system, digital menu boards mentioned by Farhan, apps, and they all generate data, but they're all generating it on their little island and it's technologies like edgex that bring that together when we enter a restaurant where we haven't been before we do see a lot of networked equipment um, we do see that uh, some devices are generating interesting data points but accessing these always requires apis sometimes they're not even existent most of the times they're proprietary open source standards like hx can make sure that Companies that provide excellent solutions in the niche can collaborate mm. to make an entire restaurant intelligent. Well, I think the three of you just did a great job of uh, making the case for why industry players should work with Intel on solutions. But uh, just to add a little bit more uh, context, how can they partner with Intel to build QSR solutions? QSR, or pretty much all of the verticals nowadays, are going look at IoT, AI, edge, compute, all of those as the key ingredients to build those digital transformative solutions. Right? Now, IoT is an ecosystem play. I mean, you need multiple partners to come together in providing those end-to-end solutions. Like, for instance, Presitase, they offer this awesome optimization in the kitchen, but there are similar partners who offer other aspects on the point of sale, digital signage, drive-through, and so on and so forth. They all have to work together. I mean, in order to collaborate, we have to make sure that it's not only that they are following certain standards, but we also need to make sure that these are companies that can scale beyond a few pilots. So we have a number of programs within Intel that helps us vet each and every solution, and then we also allow our partners to work with each other to come up with overall solutions. So by partnering with Intel, they get to see the latest tech stack that we have so that they can go and augment their solution and optimize their solutions with our hardware and software stacks. For for QSRs, the benefit is they already have a, a partner who has vetted these solutions and who would help them, you know, get a head start in their digital transformation journey. Uh, you know, Intel's not just thinking about one solution. They're thinking of it holistically. And that's, I think, a little bit different. Um, it's not just a digital sign or, you know, a point of sale. It's the whole store. So it's a different thought style that I, that I hear from, from other, you know, parts of the industry. Mm. And I think that should be exciting for our ecosystem because we want all of our players to win and do it together because that's when the end customer, the retailer wins. And from my side, the practical first-hand experience, partnering with Intel does not mean you have to go golfing with uh, a CEO <laughs> or uh, <laughs> um, know somebody on the inside. It's an official partner program that is not only guided, and it really takes you through the process of getting your solution validated and market ready. It takes you uh, through the process uh, of getting your solution um, vetted and market ready. 
And it's not just guided, it's also supported by great people. Um, it was Kristen who was our ambassador on the um, road to become an Intel partner. Uh, and we worked uh, towards the application step-by-step step together. And uh, now we're here together presenting one aspect of uh, the ecosystem that is generated through the collaboration of partners like Farhan mentioned. Excellent. As we wrap up the conversation, what excites you most about 2021 and beyond? What do you look forward to or what innovation do you see as the next big breakthrough in the QSR industry? I must say that I'm still absolutely thrilled by the post, uh, by the potential and by the possibilities of uh, managing restaurants digitally with artificial intelligence, especially vision AI, to gather all the information that the human eye can see and then transfer it to a brain, a system that bases decision on all the available data. It was uh, one of the, uh, not inventors of the internet, but definitely uh, somebody that shaped the way that we use the internet like no other, Sergey Brin, in a letter to Google investor that said that artificial intelligence is the most significant development in computing of his lifetime. And he has seen the advent of the internet. So seeing system come to life, making decisions, supporting the crew members in the kitchen um, and making restaurants fresher, more efficient, safer. That is what, what thrills me and what uh, makes me very happy to be working in this industry. Yeah, and James, from my end, I think uh, mainly um, I'm looking forward to going back to a restaurant and having a good meal. <laughs> uh, that's that's number one. <laughs> but but I think on a, on a serious point, Customers have have real really high expectations of when they go back to these restaurants. They they really want to make sure that the safety aspects, all of the things that were put in place, you know, in some form or behavior, still continues on for the betterment of you know that establishment. Now, this is also a really good opportunity for restaurants to add real value and even differentiate themselves from other QSRs, right? From our end, I think we, we, we feel that we have the technology ingredients needed to needed for QSRs to continue in their innovation journey. And all of this discussion that we are having around digital transformation, we're just taking the first few steps here. So there is a long way to go to actually making that real. So I think it's going to be well beyond, you know, some of the features that we've seen. It's going to be in terms of how do I, you know, build in things like loyalty uh, in a more seamless fashion as part of a, or as part of the payment, or even before I get to the counter uh, where I'll be giving my order uh, in the drive-through, you know, is there an app that helps you, you know, maybe add your order uh, ahead of time? Or it could be things like, you know, when you actually drive in, instead of actually speaking to a real person, you it's AI that takes over and it, it takes your order much more efficiently, much more faster, and reduces the cost as well for the restaurant. So there is a whole lot of things that can happen. But I think we've, we've just taken the first few steps here and there's quite a long way to go. 
you guys are all making me hungry here. So we're going <laughs> to, I'm glad we're wrapping up, James. <laughs> you know, I, I think that the most exciting thing here is seeing the QSR becomes very technical savvy, right? Uh, and living in the IT world for, you know, <laughs> a lot of years, I always want to see IT become the heroes. And so, um, you know, companies like Pressy Taste taking this this type of a technology that, that was kind of a sci-fi, you know, lab experiment is now in the real world. And it has real opportunity to enhance the quality of the food, the, the lives of everyone and, and, you know, the customers. So, I think that to me is some of the most exciting parts of it. Uh, and what else is going to come from it as we start actually implementing it? And, you know, anyone that's been in an IT before, you know, when you get into it, that's when you really discover the problems, the solutions, and the, the you know, the really good quality that it's going to bring. So that's what I'm excited about. Before I let you all go, I do have one last question. Farhan, Kristen, if people want to get in touch with the Intel Internet of Things group and maybe talk to you about possible solutions for their QSR, where should they go? And then also, Hawk, for Pressy Taste, where should people go if they want more information? Yeah, for the Intel solutions or getting in touch with Intel, if you don't already have an account manager signed, I would suggest either contact uh, myself or Kristen through email. We are also on LinkedIn. Uh, you can look us up. And if you have a solution already that is ready to be you know, optimized on Intel technology, I would encourage you to join our partner program. So just look up market-ready solutions programs under Intel, and you'll be able to go and register your, your product there. LinkedIn is great as well. And we are a market-ready solution in the Intel market-ready program. That means uh, our solution is um, displayed and um, described on the uh, Intel market-ready platform. Additionally, of course, on our web website or through our numerous partners um, to schedule a, a demonstration of what is possible. How can artificial intelligence, how can intelligent monitoring change the way that your teams work and uh, what is possible, what do you want to verify uh, in terms of um, questions, can artificial intelligence do that? Let's work on this together with the entire Intel uh, ecosystem and platform as support behind us. Thank you so much for being with us today. I've been chatting with Farhan Moedin product strategy and IoT spokesperson at Intel, Kristen Call, IoT sales specialist at Intel, and Hawk Federson, director of global operations for Pressy Taste. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having us, James. It was a lot of fun. Thank you. Uh, thank you, James. Been a pleasure. And I want to thank our audience for tuning in to The Edge and Beyond, the series that makes sense of use cases across industries, brought to you by the Intel Internet of Things Group. Don't forget to subscribe to hear more from the Intel Internet of Things group. Thank you. I'm your host, James Kent. Let's talk again soon.